Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of If It Isn't Love Podcast. I am your host, Donna Sharina. And I'm your co-host, J.L. Woodson. And we're happy to be back with you for another week of the podcast. Happy uh, belated Valentine's Day and happy birthday to my husband, who as of yesterday, February 18th, is 37 years old. How do you feel? 37. (laughs) What does that mean? You know, uh, knees sound like celery. Um, they sound like that at 36. When I push up off of the bed, my uh, shoulders crack. Um, I don't know. I don't know how else to feel about it. I mean, I feel good. I'm grateful that I am 37, and I'm grateful for my birthday. I had a great birthday. Glad you did. I had amazing breakfast. It was Sausage, eggs, French toast with little strawberries on top of it and stuff. It was nice and cute and devoured. Um, and then we had Dominican food, uh, mo- mofongo. Mofongo, yeah. Um, which was amazing. Like it, t- it was very delicious. Very, very delicious. It looked good. It was. It was good. I held strong. Yeah, she's baby. sticking to the keto stuff. I'm like. I'm going to have me some uh, some carbs on my birthday, man. It's your birthday. On your birthday, you deserve carbs. I feel that way on my birthday. On my birthday, I'm going to yeah. have a little, a few extra carbs yeah. than I normally have. Yeah. And then we went to go see Ant-Man and Ant-Man Quantumania. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania. It was good. It was, it was good. Um, and Monday, well, tomorrow, we are heading to Cancun or Tulum. Yeah, so when you guys are listening to this, we will be in Mexico. Yes. I'm excited to I'm excited. go um, on this trip. Um, it's so funny because I feel like I always like, oh, we're going to slow down. But we have legitimately traveled every month since. Or have plans to travel to. September. Yeah. Like we, we will have traveled every single month. Yeah, we went Sep- to Miami. I, did we go to September? Did we go anywhere? Maybe not September. Maybe September was the one month we stayed home. Honestly, but I don't remember. October, November, December, December January, January, now February, and then March. Yes. We will have traveled for a straight three months or six months. We will have traveled every single month. But then April, I think we're home the entire month of April. Yeah, as of today. Now. As of today, we are home the entire month of April. Like, we um, said that about January, and well, then January turned into a work trip. Yeah, in all fairness, we did travel in January, and we had fun, but it was for work. We worked, and we were paid to travel. So, yeah, if if we get paid to travel, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to travel when you get paid to travel. But if it's on our own um, dime. Yeah. Right now. And so then, yeah. Um, yeah. And then we have a wedding next month. Yes. For your best friend. Yes. And then after that. The next trip we'll probably take will be for our anniversary. Mm-hmm. Although I have been thinking that I want to go to alumni weekend. Is that for only alumni? If you want to, I mean, I'm sure they're not going to kick you out. Oh, they kick you out. The yard is free. Everybody, people bring their, their relatives, their spouses who never attended Fisk, um, their children who are not eligible to attend college mm-hmm. um i and legitimately i've i've been thinking about going only because i never plan on going until 
my 15 year reunion, mm-hmm. which is next year, which is wild. Didn't you just have your 10 year? Yeah, four years ago. Meaning next year is five, 15. Wow. Yeah. I never planned on going um, <clears throat> until then, but then the pandemic happened mm-hmm. and I've just been one of my, the things that I want is to have, to continue to have connection with people who have meaning to me or who have had meaning to me before and who are interested in reconnecting. Yeah. And so I just kind of like, I, I was talking to some of my friends from college, they're like, how do we feel about coming to alumni weekend? And I know it's always like alumni weekend versus homecoming and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes I've gone to both and I've had a good time mm-hmm. at both. Um, and we were in Dubai during homecoming that just passed. Yeah. So I wanted to, I'm considering that it honestly would depend on how I feel about driving because that for me would be the way to go. Um, driving mm. into Nashville, but we'll see. Okay. Birthday, you feel good? Today's yeah, a good day. I'm good. Um, I could not sleep last night. No. Um, I mean, I tried to. Um, like I fell asleep for probably about probably about like 20 minutes, and then woke back up refreshed. Yeah. I'm like, okay. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like, uh, it was was a good birthday. (laughs) Okay. How are you feeling? Well, we're married. They know we have sex. It's okay. We have sex. So, hey. True. Um, I'm good. I'm good. I am a little tired. Um, I think I just have in my mind like a, a bunch of things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the thing. I've been on my morning routine, and so I felt so good. And I have to figure out how to make my morning routine work for the weekends. Mm-hmm. So my new morning routine is I'm up at 5, 5 a.m., so my alarm goes off at 5. Mm. I've been using the five-second rule, so I count down from 5. It's going off. It's five, four, three, two, one, up. There's no snooze. There's no second alarm. It is it. I also don't, I have stopped uh, having my phone in the bedroom at night. Yeah, it's weird when I go to the bathroom. I'm like, what is that? So it's in the bathroom. So I have to get up to Mm -hmm. turn the alarm off. And I don't allow myself to get back in the bed. So I turn the alarm off. I make my side of the bed. My workout clothes are sitting there. I go into the bathroom. I change. I brush my teeth. Give myself a high five. I go into the office. I come in here and I meditate. Um, and then most of the time, my, my gym bag is mostly ready. I put my water and my energy drinks in there. Mm-hmm. And then I've been also working on my, my morning routine consisting of doing something for myself um, like that take a, a even like a five five minute step that progresses me towards a goal so one morning i like edited a photo um hmm. i'm gonna take that time to read that's my i think that's how i'm gonna use that time because i was getting up at 5 30 but i just kept getting up early mm. i was up before the alarm and i found myself getting tired because i'm waiting for the alarm but i'm awake so 
um, I said to myself, what if that is myself is saying, well, just get up, get up earlier, right? Mm. So, like, one thing that I was learning in creating my routine was, like, if you need to do this, and, you know, I've been telling some people about it, and they're like, oh, but I have kids and whatever. And so, like, that, it's, it's designed that you're supposed to take the first part of your day, and it's to do something for yourself. It's not for anybody else. So, if you have kids... And that means you got to get your kids ready and everything at six. So it made me have to get up at five, right? That's the idea. You're supposed to have this time to do something for yourself mm-hmm. before you have to interact with everyone else. And the rationale for not having the phone in the bedroom is one, we're just so attached to them. And I say this as a person, specifically as a person who works in social media. Like when you create content, you're always on con- on content. And I'm in this space where I'm constantly uh, analyzing my, uh, looking at my analytics and seeing how well videos are doing and trying to keep engagement up, which is, means I have to respond to comments. Mm-hmm. I'm still in a space where I don't allow a lot of negative comments on um, yeah. my stuff. So people just say, are like trolling and they just say things. I just delete them. So I like keeping up that uh, across platforms is difficult. And especially when you create long and short term, short form, long and short form content, mm-hmm. it's a lot. So it, the the idea I remember listening to someone said and checking emails right so would you allow everybody that you know or that you interact with on a daily basis into your bedroom first thing in the morning hell no so why do you do it on your phone you do you allow everyone that you follow, that follows you into your life, into your space first thing in the morning before we even have time for ourselves. We haven't done anything for ourselves and we have put these people in our space. And it really resonated with me to say, I'm allowing people in my head, I'm allowing other people's thoughts, feelings, opinions, even if I'm saying like, I want to see how many likes I got. I'm allowing these people to influence me before I've had time to brush my teeth. And so I stopped it. And it seems like a trivial thing, but when I tell you it has impacted me so much and it has changed my focus for the day. So my new rule, which I broke this weekend. And so that's why I was saying, I have to figure out how to make it work for the weekend. During the work week, it works fine for me specifically it works because i have a workout class to go to at 6 15 monday through friday so it it helps me and then i come home and i need to shower and you know all those things so it helps me stay on course so i don't look at my phone before 8 a.m mm. that's the rule so so from five no well i look at it so okay what i do is i turn the alarm off i already have my the YouTube video I've been using for my guided meditation, like ready, mm, or it's mm. like in my I put it in my history, so it's the last thing I watch. Or I just if I do turn on YouTube, I put guided meditation, or I'll go to my history and look at one of the last ones I did. If I want to try something different, I'll find a new one, but is I that, don't interact with social media. Is that where you like say affirmations or something like that? That's something different. I was doing it this morning. Man, I thought I was tripping. I'm like, who is she? 
Okay, so how I've been doing it was I come in here and I do a guided meditation. Five to 15 minutes just depends on which one mm-hmm. I've been doing. Um, I, I was yeah. doing five minutes when I was getting by 5.30. When I switched it to 5 o'clock, I was doing, I've been doing 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might do a little stretching after that. So I will, so what I say, I'm not on my phone. I have to turn my alarm off because my alarm is my phone. Or my phone is, um, my alarm, yeah, my alarm is on my phone. Um, I use it to find the guided meditation and the affirmations I've been doing is on there. So I queue it up, but I am not interacting. I turned all the notifications on my phone off. So what, what is hard is when you get the notification to your phone and it says what's happening, who texts you, who, whatever. So mm-hmm. you want, now I will look to see if I got a text from the studio in case class is canceled, but they call usually, even if they text, they typically call. Mm-hmm. Um, most people do not text me overnight. I might take a glance. If it's not the studio, if I don't see the studio, I just don't look at who else it could be. Mm-hmm. I've changed all my notifications so that they say notification and they don't make sounds. So mm. any social media notifications do not come up immediately to say if it's a like, if it's a comment, da, 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 whatever, whatever, none of that. It says Instagram notification or it says the Instagram symbol. It says Gmail notification. It doesn't say what email account is emailing me. None of that. Um, I have all that turned off so it doesn't come, come, come that way. And I have all other notifications on my phone turned off. And again, they don't make sounds. Because I, what I started realizing is it was so disruptive. Yeah. I could not focus because I will be doing something. And as soon as you hear the ding, mm-hmm. I want to respond. I want to look. And even if you're trying to tell yourself not to look, it's, it interrupts your flow and your thoughts. So I stopped doing it. And But I'm also just carving out time to do it. So it's helping make sure that my time in engaging um, people on social media for um, – for my business or even just for fun is very focused. I stop, I put my phone on do not disturb when I'm working. I have times where I'm like, I'm going to check my emails. I'm going to check work emails. I'm going to do these, these things very deliberately mm-hmm. and then decide, okay, at the end of the day, middle of the day, end of the day, I'm not just responding to everyone all day. I realized how draining it was to have to be at, you don't. sometimes you don't see it that way, but you're legitimately at everyone's beck and call all day. Yeah. So I've had conversations with people who are close to me about like during the day, the, what topics we could talk about things like work. Like one of my best friends has a nonprofit um, and she just opened up her real space and she's just making all these changes and scaling her business. And I, because I have experience in grant writing, I'm acting as a grant manager for her, which just requires me to review grants to make sure that how they're using the spending for mm-hmm. is for the organization is in line with the grants. So it's like, okay, we talked in the middle of the day, like this is the timeline we have and we're talking business. And then I'm, sometimes it sounds like too uppity. I think that that's a, and I got that idea because I've had a, a, a relative who was like, oh, I'm sorry, you feel like you have to schedule me. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I feel like everybody has to be scheduled. And I don't say that in a, I'm more important than you type thing. But you think about when you call somebody, you call people because it's it's convenient for you. Mm-hmm. And you don't consider if it's convenient for the other person. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I just want us to be like, is it convenient? Are you doing something else? Am I distracting you for something else? Am I going to make your day longer? Am I going to make something else more difficult for you to do? Because now I am taking your time. Mm-hmm. And... When do you plan on calling somebody? Like if I tell somebody, hey, I'm going to call you while I'm on my way to the gym. Mm-hmm. It 
locks in a very specified amount of time because sometimes you just spend time just talking and it's great but it's like dead air and you know whatever so if I call you at 5 30 when I'm on my way to the gym or 5 20 mm-hmm. I don't have to be in there until six o'clock so we got 30 40 minutes it's all about you and yeah. we can't do that every day but because I'm I'm and it's called uh, I think it's there's a habit. It's called a habit stacking, mm-hmm. where you take more than one habit and you put it together. So it's like something that I do naturally, like driving, that I don't. Although I can pay attention, I can talk on the phone. Now I can't be texting. I can't be looking. Right. But I could talk while I drive. Um, and so, and then I'm giving that person attention. It's about it's about our interaction and that kind of thing. So I've been thinking about when you schedule some time, I'm, it's not about saying like, Oh, you just got to be put on my calendar. Cause I don't have time. It's about saying I care enough about you to make, to carve out very specific time. So you can have for us to interact. Yeah. So I'm not distracted. Yeah. So I'm not trying to do something else. So I'm not trying to talk to somebody else. So I'm not trying to get you, get you off the phone. It is this time. So I'm working on that. And it also means that I can't talk to everybody every week. <laughs> or I can't talk, you know. There are people who I do talk to more often. If you text, I'll text you back sometime that day, probably within, within uh, an hour or two of when you receive it during the day. But I have been working on it, and I have felt so productive this week, so much more productive than I have in a very long time, less anxious, mm-hmm. more capable than I felt in a very long time. Even if a lot of the outside things haven't changed, I, I feel like I have a, a better handle on myself and my life. And I truly feel like I am in control of things, which is a very nice place to be, specifically after feeling out of control for <laughs> for a while. So, I mean, it might sound corny. You know, I've been telling people, and, you know, my whole thing is everyone's like, I can't do Yes, you can. I, uh, sometimes it just, it makes me so mad when people say they can't do stuff. You opt not to. And I'm not here to judge you for not doing it. But when people are saying, like, I just can't get up there early. Yes, you can. You choose not to. And I'm not here to judge whether or not. I don't, it doesn't make, it don't make me know never mind whether you do it or not. But don't say you can't. Be honest and say, I, I'm, I'm, I choose not to do that. Okay. Now, if you feel a way about it, that's between you and your God. If you feel a way about it, don't look at me like, oh, I'm not trying to pressure. I'm, when people ask me what works for me and then I tell them and then they look at me like, oh, that. Oh. <laughs> it's like, okay. I, you ask why. I, how do I do all this and how to, that is how end of story. That is, that's how it's happening. And part of my morning routine has meant that I've had to do it at night. I make sure I organize my evening so that I prepare for my morning. Right. So that means having a clean kitchen. So then I want to come in and make coffee. I'm not having to have that mess in my brain, straighten up my work area. When I finish working, cutting off screen time an hour before I go to bed, you know, like those things. I, uh, I stopped watching TV, uh, four days a week. It has impacted my life. Even in this week, it has changed so much. So, you know, I tell people, like, you can do it. And people are like, oh, you're a morning person. I want people to know that I used to be a morning person. 
many of us were morning people because we had to get up, go to school. Like it just was what it was, right? Like we, we operated in the morning because we had to. Um, and so I think by default, I became a morning person. And I also grew up in a household and I don't, I know some black, a lot of other people can probably relate in terms of what their black household was like. We weren't allowed to sleep in. It was not a thing. We were not allowed to sleep in. If you are in the bed past a certain time, only if you're sick. Mm. Like, I, what day of the week? It doesn't matter. Get up. Your kid, get up and go play. <laughs> like, you can't just sit as a dryer. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit in the bed all day. And if you were at my, my grandma's house, baby, early. That was <laughs> early. So I've operated in the morning out of default but i remember i realized the older i get the more i'm like i'm not a morning person but i'm also i'm disciplined when i want to be i'm highly disciplined to reach my goals and if that means like i get up in the morning all right i get up in the morning you know it it really is one of those do you want better or do you not It's, it's totally up to you so that's how I'm doing. <laughs> so we're still on our journey through Marriage Be Hard by Kevin and Melissa Fredericks. I think we have two chapters left. So today and then next week is our last chapter. Correct? Correct? Yes. No, that's the last chapter next week. It's what I said. Today and then next week. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, our last yeah, chapter. Yeah. So we are on the second to last chapter, which is chapter 12. Um, no, chapter 11. My bad. Uh, self-worth be hard. Mm-hmm. And I love this chapter so much. But you know, I'm addicted to self-improvement. So it resonated with me a lot um, in terms of the conversation. And I know a lot of it was <laughs> Melissa kind of talking to women. Mm-hmm. But I think that she mentioned a lot of things that one that's important for men to, to know if you are in a, um, a heterosexual relationship for men to understand about women or just for partners to understand about partners. Um, maybe, right. Cause I don't know, maybe there are some things in here that resonate with you around the topic of self-worth. Um, but I thought, I liked it a lot because part of it was like, how do you talk to yourself? And that's been one of my goals in the last few weeks, which kind of um, propelled me into my morning routine into into creating one and, and finalizing one um, is because I needed to work on how I was treating myself. Right. And I have this concept in my mind where I think like everyone talks about all the haters that they have. And I think I mentioned this to you and I've talked to my girls about it where People talk about all the haters they have and how many people stand in their way. And I sat and I realized, you know who gets in my way more than anybody? Me. I'm honestly my biggest hater. <laughs> and it's crazy to think about when you think about how often you try to talk yourself out of things, how often you uh, talk negatively to yourself. I, I read a statistic that said 80, we um, have over what something like a hundred thousand thoughts a day 
and 80% of them are negative. Just wild. I can believe that. You think about how often you try to talk yourself out of something, how often you try to tell yourself that you're not capable of something, how often you try to tell yourself that something is too hard for you to do, when you try to, you know, all these things. And so, um, and, and especially when you want to talk about growth and development, mm-hmm. it's important to say, like, how can I have an appreciation from where I am today while still being interested in being better, right? And 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 I've been doing this specifically as it talks to like my fitness. I want to be in a space where I'm like, I want to be healthier. I want to uh, be able to move more. I want my back to hurt less. I want those things for myself. And yes, I would be lying if I said there wasn't a certain aesthetic that I want. Because there's absolutely a look that I'm working towards. But I am not saying that that look is worse than or is better than what I look like now. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean I hate the way I look now. And so I've been working so much harder on appreciating the body that I have, uh, showing it off, not waiting until you fit a certain mold to show your body. And it's so funny because I have people being like, you know, you feel I love that you seem so confident as though I shouldn't because I wear my sports bra and like, you know, most of the time to, to the gym, like I, I, cause it gets hot. So even when I wear a long sleeve shirt, I take it off and I work out in a bra and shorts or bra and pants. Um, and I got rolls and I got, you know, all these other things and I get it where people like, see it as like, it's so, it's such a, a stand, but it's really just like, look at, but do y'all see the moves that I be doing? Right. My body is just capable of so many things and I wear the clothes I want to wear and I've always kind of been that person I wear what I want to wear what I enjoy um, my biggest thing is does it fit <laughs> now sometimes it don't fit and that's why I can't wear it but if it fits I'm going to wear it um, if I enjoy it if I like it um, so um, I think this definitely uh, resonated with me and how we talk to ourselves. So like, it's like, Oh, you're on your fitness journey, but are you talking so negatively about the body that you have now? And this is the body that you want to work. This is the version of you that you want to do stuff. And mm-hmm. how are you going to talk bad about it's like cussing somebody out and then expecting them to do something nice for you. Huh? <laughs> huh? You just called me a raggedy mouth heifer. I don't want to do nothing for you. So learning how to talk kindly to yourself because for whatever your goals are, you want this version of yourself to do the work to get you there. So make sure you talk to you now. Oh, I should have said that. Well, it's, it's on video. So. Right. I'm like, it'll be transcribed. <laughs> what did you think? Um, I thought it was a good chapter. I mean, honestly, I would have liked to hear from Kevin on... Um, like his perspective as well. But I do think like in general, there was a lot to take from it, especially like not a lot of men talk about um, their self-esteem and everything in that regard. Um, Like even for me, like most of my stuff, uh, my negative self-talk comes from like career or um, just where I am in society and stuff like that. Um, Sometimes my most, well, a good chunk of it, comes uh, on my weight and stuff like that but i'm like half of the time i'm like i'm still gonna eat that pizza though <laughs> um oh my God. i'm just I'm, it's just being honest like oh now I, I want pizza yeah. i'm not making pizza today though i'm sorry there's costco anyway um 
but I do feel like there is a lot of things in my life where I like whenever I'm like up late, that's the reason why I like for me, like I when I go to bed, I'm listening to like a sleep story or something like that or a meditation on the calm app is because like that negative self-talk like no matter how much you try to work at it it's still like there's still going to be some things that seep through even at night like nighttime like when i'm going to bed like that's when it's like loud like super loud and or like what could i have done better with this and the other like and it's not necessarily what could i have done better in a positive form it's just like thinking a whole lot of different thoughts of like what you did bad uh, during the day or something like that. Um, so I don't know, like, of course, like there's a lot, there's some things that I would change about myself uh, if I could. Well, I mean, I can, but um, pizza still will be had. Um, what? I'm listening. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I just, I think the chapter was like, in general, it was meant for a lot of, for a wide range of people. But like I said, I do kind of wish like Kevin would have shared his thoughts on that. I think maybe he doesn't have the perspective that Melissa has because specifically of what her journey has been. And now we're going to journey to a break. We'll be right back. (laughs) So specifically with her journey, um, Growing up in a a place where she did not feel attractive um, Mm -hmm. and where she has certain uh, features that in our society, like we were talking yesterday about conventional beauty. Mm -hmm. It's like where you don't feel like you're conventionally beautiful. um, And so you have to do so much more work. And honestly, being a part of modesty culture, I for a little while was a part of modesty culture. uh, Towards the end of college but really after I graduated from college until maybe about for the first few years Mm -hmm. and I looked at pictures it's so funny because I found a picture a few weeks ago of me one of my best friends uh, Megan and then one of our other friends Laura and it was a picture of something and it had to be probably like the year after I got out of college and we were at my mama's house and I had on a sundress but I had a t-shirt on under it and I remember when I was in church and there was like this idea of like no cleavage. And yeah, maybe I wouldn't wear cleavage, but I was I was at home. I was at home mm-hmm. and I had a whole T-shirt on under a dress because like we were like wrapped up in this modesty culture. And I'm not saying anything against anybody who chooses to dress modestly for mm-hmm. religious, cultural, whatever reasons. I think that's fine. But when you sometimes you do it in the thought that there's shame mm-hmm. in what your body looks like and accentuating your curves. And if I wear certain things, then that means I'm promiscuous. But then that goes back into how promiscuity promiscuity is viewed as negative and like all these other things. Right. So I think that when you have like this unhealthy relationship to your looks, right. Especially, I mean, if you've grown up with a attribute that is, societally not considered desirable like when you're overweight which 
has changed, I think, a little bit in our society. But I and clearly men have issues share some of these same issues. But I always feel like sometimes it's a little bit worse for women. Like when you see in society how people look at women as they age, like they shouldn't, and how you're so much more celebrated when you don't even look your age, right? I might like brag on looking younger, mm-hmm. but what's wrong when people look older? Right. Like, I mean, just look, you can look older, but you know, I think society, like, I'm sorry, like part of that, like when people say an age that they're not, that's why I'm like, then why? What do you mean? Like older or younger or try like they're older, but like, no, I'm 25. I'm like, yeah, but I'm saying like, you know, like the idea when you see someone like <clears throat> Gabrielle Union, hmm? Or Tracy Ellis Ross, women who are 50, and people are like, wow. But like, what if she looked older, right? Like, what if you, and I get it because I have a mom who is getting older and looks older mm-hmm. and is feeling away because our society doesn't necessarily value people. And I think more specifically, women who are older and who look older. When your aesthetic is like, I'm an older woman, think about how much we celebrate and, and, and not. Outside of her amazing acting abilities and talent, sometimes we see Angela Bassett and are like blown away by the fact that she's in her sixties and she's in her late 60s. No, she's in her sixties, right? Is she like she's, but she looks. It's hard to keep up. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Looks incredible, mm-hmm. right? But part of how she looks, outside of her just being very beautiful, is that she looks young. She looks younger than she is if somebody has said angela bassett was 49 you'd be like okay like it's believable mm-hmm. right and so there's this like that youth is is so much more celebrated um than age and i think that that also impacts us like you mentioned in terms of career the idea that if we haven't done all these amazing things by this point in our life mm-hmm. or we haven't done certain things then our life is not worthwhile or it's not as great as it could be. And sometimes I feel like even when I reach milestones, I feel sometimes it, it rubs me the wrong way. I think about marriage, right? Mm-hmm. We had a wedding. And yeah, I know people are excited about it. And I think that it's it's a beautiful to, sh- to celebrate our union and things like that and people show up. Sometimes I think about the amount of money that people were willing to invest in us making a decision to love one another, which we could have just done like behind, you know, just got up to the courthouse and done whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And although it took work for us, there is still like, it didn't, you know, there's no classes you had to take. There was like no nothing. And I think about like the years and time and effort I put into getting my master's degree and it wasn't nearly as celebrated. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, there was nothing, even after, I remember, like, getting my master's degree and people still being like, now all you need is a husband. Not me having done all that damn work for this uh, degree for y'all to tell me it's not good enough. And it's like, yeah. like, that's, a, that's really, yeah. like. Like, can I just celebrate this real quick or celebrate the fact that I accomplished something for myself? Yes. And then as a woman, <clears throat> you 
it's men like, don't get that. They, they don't necessarily get like not in the way like all like all you like you're incomplete. I'm not saying people weren't mentioned, but people don't look at men by and large. Again, when I say things, it's not that it doesn't happen because anytime anybody says anything, there people will say, but this one time this happened. Yes, it can happen. But by and large, men's worth are not tied to whether or not they are connected to a woman. Like if they're in relationship, oh, she makes you better. She might do all these kinds of things. But there was like a, like you're something is still not quite right with you because you're not married. Oh, you're not married and you don't have no kids. Girl, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Yeah. First of all, do y'all know how much both of those things cost? (laughs) Tons of money. Um, so, and I say this as a person who's married and like happily, but sometimes I feel like it didn't take the kind of effort like of my own, mm-hmm. like that it did for some of the other milestones and, and achievements that I have. And then people still don't, um, you know, see it that way. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes for women, our worth is tied to if you have a man, unfortunately before I, I don't know depend like what you look like um how well you dress you're aesthetically there are definitely spaces that i've been in where i know i have gotten the upper hand because i look good and sometimes i'm like i play the hands i play the cards that i've dealt right mm-hmm. but it sucks that sometimes you feel like dang could i have just been looking plain or whatever. I have had bosses tell me, pick me, they picked me to do something because they knew that this person would, my my aesthetic would appeal to the people whose money we were trying to get. Or my aesthetic would appeal to um, like the comfort of this of this person, right? Like, and bonus, you're qualified <laughs> to actually. I'm, I'm like, do this. what about you? Like, you still have would have to communicate. Yeah, that, I mean, it it was that. helpful, but if if it was between me and the person who was a little more reserved or dowdy in their mm-hmm. attire, then it's me. And yeah, I use that to my advantage. But then it's like, but what you know, everyone should give the oppor- be given the opportunity. But it's also just how we kind of put women specifically in this space where like yeah it means you have to look like this also Mm, mm -hmm. to be taken seriously sometimes right and without pushing it right like look good but don't look too good right i think for me like even in just those terms like there was a point in time like growing up like my mom always had me in suits. My mom always had me in dress you clothes. You got a, little, a lot of little kid suit <laughs> pictures. Yeah, like, and this is the thing, like that I like. Don't get me wrong, like, yeah, I look good in a suit, but I think like the most traumatizing thing for me, like even as a kid, was when the first day of fourth grade. Instead of wearing regular clothes. Oh, you wore suits the first day of fourth grade? It was dress clothes. It was like dress slacks. It was, You know them little funky uh, patterns uh, back in the 90s? It wasn't, you know, like it wasn't like a funky little pattern like we see now. But it's like um, like an art deco mm-hmm. look, at, look or something like that. 
and it was a shirt. And I'm like, why am I wearing this to a school where one, there's no uniform and everybody else is wearing jeans and t-shirts and stuff like that. Able to look like a kid. (laughs) My first day I'm over here looking like I'm one of the teachers. And it was traumatizing because it's like I saw I remember um, at that point in time, it was like, that's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like they kids still are mean and stuff like that. But like kids like back then, like were mean, but except for without social media. Mm-hmm. So I know if I would have done if that same thing would have happened to me now, it probably would have ended up on social media. Well, not in as fourth grade because people don't get fourth if you don't get your fourth grader a phone that has that that has like your fourth grader ain't hot don't have an instagram account mm-hmm. but i get what you're saying i yeah. mean your mama would have put it on yeah online. absolutely yeah so <laughs> um it was at that point like even um like when i was doing book signings and stuff like that and going on book tours and everything i'm like i had to be in some sort of suit and mm-hmm. this was when I hate shading my uncle like this, but you know, as he prepares to shade his uncle, my uncle was that person who always took us to go get dress clothes from like, it looked like a stepper set. Like I was going to a stepper set and I'm like, there was no, there was no like suit jacket or anything like Mm -hmm. that. It was like, uh, blue gaiters with the taps on them yes. and stuff like that. Blue dress pants and then some short, some sort of shirt with just no no collar, but just a button right here. And I'm like, don't get me wrong, it. the suit, the the clothes I were love good. It. it sounds so black. It was. It sounds so black. And I'm like, can, can can I just wear some <laughs> no. some khakis or some? regular looking pants and a button up or a polo or something like that. I'm sweating my behind off in this, in this thing. And that's why like, even like when I was uh, like, when I went off to school and stuff, uh, when I, when I, even when I got to Fisk, like I started dressing down a little bit more because like I kept having to do all that stuff instead of, I wanted to actually be a kid. Like I like sometimes getting down and dirty. I like, you know, being able to, don't look at the camera like that. I'm sorry. Anyway, but I like being outside. I I like to go play. I like to, like, not have to worry about whether, you know, something's going to get dirty or not. And that's that was just me. It's not the fact that I don't want to wear a suit. I just don't didn't want to have to wear it every single day. I think it just or, sounds like more like a conversation that you like to have with a parent and to know if you, your parents to know like this is what my kid wants to wear versus because I was the opposite. I wanted to dress up all the time. Mm-hmm. My mom had to be like, man, and I still didn't feel like less of a kid, right? Yeah. So you're like to be a kid. Sometimes I would just come back. Well, I'd be like, now, girl, I'd be like. So when I picked this outfit, I didn't in, I didn't prepare for the intense game of freeze tag that yeah. we had today. I didn't think about that. But did you think I wasn't not going to pray freeze tag because of this? Like, how am I? I'm just going to come home looking crazy. Right. My mom used to always say, you just come home looking any kind of way. And I'd be like, take the, sorry, have your little camera in the morning. Because I'm a, I'm a play. I, mm. And just like I am now, I was rough on clothes about then, and I'm rough on clothes now. I was, whew, I mom would be like, now you want me to comb your hair every night? Mm-hmm, come mm-hmm. on, come uh, brush these uh, 
these little uh, ponytails up. But I yeah. love dressing up. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I love dressing up to the point, like, I like wearing things that I know people are going to notice. It, and it's my aesthetic. So for me, I never want to hide in my attire. I don't want my attire to say she looks like everybody else. I love, and it's me, right? And I think for me, it does come a little bit from my mom because when I did want to hide a little bit, my mom would be like, show off them legs. You know, when I was, my mom used to always be like, I, just, I remember specifically this skirt when I was in seventh grade. And it had like a little, it was like a skirt right above the knees, but it had like a little split in it. Mm-hmm. I saw I'm like 13, 12, 13. And I was like, you know, and I've always been a big girl. And it's so funny because I'm like, Ugh, I would love to be that big again. <laughs> but I was like, I can't wear this. My mom was like, you have, so, I remember her, we were in, uh, it's not Dillard's because we didn't have that in Chicago. Mace of Marshall Fields. J.C. Penney's, I can't think of which it was, but you think about like when you go to the mall, it was one of those that were on the ends, the the large department stores, but it was not Macy's, but whatever. It was like, it was when the Brickyard on the north side was the actual mall. Yeah, it was, it was a while ago. What are you looking at me? You're older than me. I don't even know why you're making that face, but it doesn't matter. How old are you today? Your face. I remember her, you know, just like really encouraging me to wear that and to show off my body and not feeling like I was less than. And so I am a person that like, I feel like I do like the boldness of, you know, if I like a thing, like I said, if I like it, I want to wear it. Mm. And I'm attracted to loud colors and patterns mm-hmm. and things like that. And so I'm never not going to wear something because society or somebody thinks that it doesn't match my aesthetic and I'm dark skin. So I shouldn't wear those colors or that color lipstick mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, no, I'm dark skin African, So I should, right. I, mm-hmm. I'm a perfect base for all those bright colors and things like that. And I just like the confidence <laughs> that like it, it, it inspires me and I feel bolder when I wear those. It's like where I, why I like dressing up to go to the gym. Like why I like wearing colorful workout clothes. And I like, you know, where, because it, it helps motivate me to do the work that I'm going to do to come in here and be like, now that I have your attention, watch me work. So, I mean, I get, but the older I get, I want to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so I do realize sometimes you wear those things, especially when you're a kid, it's like, that was not comfortable. But let me tell you, I used to always have some extra shorts and stuff. So I wear a dress. I go put my gym shorts on under it. That's the thing. It's like, run. we didn't like, okay. This is, I'm not sure if kids have recess anymore, but, um, like that day that I showed up, it was like one day I showed up I, having to wear a suit to go someplace else. And I'm like, can't I just wear this and then bring the suit with me? So I, cause like, I'm going to want to have fun at recess. Mm-hmm. She was like, no, we have to go right after school and everything. I'm like, but I can at least bring some gym shoes and some gym clothes. She's like, no, you're going to forget them. And I'm like, who wants to play basketball shooting a jump shot in church shoes with taps on them? Oh my god! But that, but I, I mean, for me, like even when I bought that hat, like I like that hat. Nice hat. I, I would say like I would have never really gotten it, um, like years ago, like. 
it's also harder to find clothes like in my size in department stores or even in just in stores in general. And that does make me feel away sometimes. Like Target is right now the best for me between Target and some parts of Old Navy. Every place else, you can never really find clothes in my size. And I'm like a 42 in pants. And it's like they stop at 40. So it's like it used to be a point in time where they used to bring in 42 uh, waist pants and it used to stay in stock or like, you know, people used to buy them all the time. And it's like it started making me feel a kind of way because I'm like, okay, what about is it something about me? Like just that one size up that's like out of range or not normal. Now it's in the big and tall and stuff like that or the oversized uh, clothes and stuff like that. I'm like. See, you have to let that. You have to let that go. Just shop for the bigger things. I used to feel that when I had to go from Shein, I go to go Shein Curve. Just buy the bigger. I'm like, oh, and these fit better, and they feel better. And I'm short, so I probably ha- I have to get a lot of stuff tailored. I did. That's how I learned how to sew in him. Mm-hmm. Cause I had to do it because I'm wide and I'm wide and short. <laughs> so I most of the time when I do buy things, like mm-hmm. you said, big and tall, they're always gonna be too long. Cause I'm not tall. Mm-hmm. Um. But if I gotta get it fixed, so I'm comfortable and fine, and you know, it's not just that. Well. It's like I can't ever like we can't ever find that stuff in the store. Like I'm always having to wait five to seven business days just to get some clothes from them. Yeah, I'm like, you ever seen me shop in the store? It's why I shop online, predominantly. Yeah, but I but here's my thing. Like for me, I like to actually see what I'm buying. Mm-hmm. Like I like to try it on, and if it doesn't look right, I'm able to just put it right back in. I get it. No, I absolutely get it. Because I'm like, I don't want to waste that money trying to um, do trying to get it and then wait for it to get here, only for it to not fit, and then have to send it right back. I, I hear you. I always feel like we pick our struggle. We we pick. It. I was. I feel you. I have the same struggle. I just like, I'm not gonna fight about that. I take it. I make sure I get it from somewhere I can take it back. Because if not, you like, well, now nah, I just own this thing. Yeah. Amazon is also a great place because they not only do they have like you can do it, but they have a lot of the um, try, try before, before you buy. buy. Yeah. So they'll send it to you, try it on, and they you never get charged for it. But I, I actually have to turn something in to Amazon today. I, I will faithfully just take it back. Mm-hmm. Just take it back. Um, Shoot, that's a struggle for me. Yeah, I would just take it. I'll just take. I don't have no problem with if I can purchase it ahead of time and take it back. Get my especially you get somewhere you get a full refund, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. Just do it. I, and I for me, I prefer shopping online um, because there's a higher chance that no one has worn the thing that true you, uh, <laughs> that you've had when you buy it online. Um, because some people don't even take the time to return stuff. So I mean, it happens. I've gotten things that were defective, and I've had to do the whatever. And on occasion, I do fi- buy things in person. I I find that oftentimes things in person cost more money. Um, yeah. And so I don't. You know, like I said, sometimes I do because there are some things like I'd like to try this on in person. But sometimes I just try. I want to try it on person so I see how it looks. So I can go buy it online <laughs> <laughs> later. Um, but I uh. I mean I feel I feel that um that thought so um what when you you mentioned that when you're having Mm -hmm. conversations with yourself or you might hear like what the voices are saying at night about like what you're doing Mm -hmm. so what types of things do you do to combat that uh most times it's a struggle like sometimes i just don't um or i will put something on like the sleep stories in order to just like 
focus on something else. But um, I find like nowadays it's like if I'm working, I'm not really thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is sometimes like even when I get out of bed, like in the middle of the night and go work on something is because like one, I'm just trying to get the idea out of my head. But also I'm like, okay, it feels like it would set. It feels like it would satisfy that whatever I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can actually go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like a lot of times I, it's always like rapid fire in my head where it's like you just kind of feel defeated too so and then just end up taking the melatonin and like just going to sleep so i think it's just important to when you hear those voices i always have a comeback right i've been working on my comebacks (laughs) sometimes but i'm working on my comebacks right so when or to ask when my anxiety is talking to me i start talking back like to ask her a question so when my anxiety says you know that's never going to happen for you. Mm. How do you know? Have have I ever tried this before? Oh, yeah. Didn't it work last time? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, you're right. Right? And so, like, having those conversations, because I think if you acknowledge the thought, right, I think sometimes what I'm learning is my go-to is to try to bury it. Mm. And when you bury and you bury and you bury and you bury, things tend to still rise up and push through it's like mm-hmm. you know it's the shaking the bottle thing shake it shake it shake it shake it then explodes mm-hmm. and so what i've learned is when i acknowledge the thought and i address the thought and i'm able to start to build a conversation around why these thoughts have no merit they're less frequent although they still happen but they're less impactful Mm-hmm. Because if I have a thought that, well, <clears throat> you didn't do the 10 things on your list today. So then it's like, did I set myself up realistically to succeed today? And then I was like, you know what? I did put more things on my plate than I honestly had time to complete today. So I didn't do 10 things, but you know what? I, I did those five amazingly. Mm-hmm. And actually, that last thing I did, I did it so well that this was the result. Mm-hmm. So to have those conversations to address and not ignore and not try to push down and to address those negative thoughts to say, like, I know what you came here to do, but let me give you facts, right? Yeah. Let me give you honest. And even if it's saying, well, you didn't do this to say, and that's okay. And that's okay. Hmm. And should this be on my first, you know what? I didn't do that today. You're right. Anxiety. I'm going to put it on my list for tomorrow. I'll handle it. Don't worry. Right. I, I think having those types of conversations with yourself are, are going to be so helpful in taking yourself out of that place of misery and to stop yourself from being your number one hater and stop yourself from being in that place where you're constantly feeling defeated and it's having an impact over other aspects and areas of your life. I think, yeah, definitely. That's true. And that's something that definitely needs to happen. Like also I need to actually recognize what I have really what I have done with my life. Like I've done a lot and always forget about it. Yeah. 
Like, there's, I don't know. Like, I think even in terms of, like, writing books and stuff like that. Like, I've written books, got nominated for one, got published early as a teenager and stuff like that. That's accomplishment all on its own. Sold out before um, done book signings at Book Expo America. And I've never really felt like I owned it. Mm-hmm. or any other accomplish- accomplishments outside. Like, I rarely talk about the fact that I've written books. I rarely talk about, like, there's a thing, in, a thought behind that as well, because it's like, that I need to get out of. I'm like, I didn't necessarily do it on my own. I'm like, no book is done on your own. The more I learn about everything, I learn so many people do not do things on their own. It, they always have help. Yeah. Like, or, like, it's supposed to be done like in like with a it's team not, setting, it's it's not like the, the story own. can come out from you, but like there's editors for a reason. There's uh publishers and marketers. And most all of our celebrities who are <clears throat> no, some of them aren't, but most of the people who write books, especially mm-hmm. celebrities who write, who get book deals do yeah. not write their books on their own. Yeah. They so, don't. But that's the thing. Like I need to like, even with this whole design thing, that's the reason why like, I love love the fact that it's coming from me. Mm-hmm. Like I feel more, I feel accomplished um, because it's like it's something that like comes directly from me. Mm-hmm. Um, like even when I graduated, I did. I felt slightly accomplished only because like I didn't do it for me. Mm. Like. I didn't like, don't get me wrong. I care about school. I care about learning and everything like that. But the only reason why I even went back to school was one to learn the basics of graphic design. But two, there was always like so much pressure to graduate. Like my mom, like, no, you need to go ahead and graduate. You need to go ahead and graduate. I'm like, we, you need to go ahead and get that degree. I'm like, you don't, one, you're not paying for it. And then she ended up paying for my one of my semesters. I'm like, so I that yeah, can't ah, shut that down. Shut um, and it was like, am I like I had like don't get me wrong, I had a great time at school. I had a great time at Fisk. Like I had some bumps in the road, but that's like school and peer, school in general. Um, had fun at South Carolina State. Um, met my best friend, uh, who is now who was my best man, and I'm now his best man. Um, and then when I transferred to Columbia and stuff like that, it was, it was cool. Like, yeah, walking across the stage and all that stuff. Cool. But I, it wasn't necessarily done. I feel for me. That's, that's just how I feel honestly about it. Do you think you benefit from it though? It's hard to say. But in ways I feel like I do benefit from it, but there's a lot of ways I'm like, okay, like I learned a lot. You, I learned a lot more talking to other people or being around other artists and other graphic designers and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I learned the basics from being in school. But even when I was transitioning over into graphic design, it was like weird because like you, I had one teacher or a couple of teachers asking me how i did stuff Mm -hmm. i'm like i should be asking you 
I think a thing to consider in terms of being able to have a greater appreciation from our experiences in general, even those that we don't feel necessarily served as well. Mm-hmm. Specifically, when I think about higher education, I think about one society that we live in and how there is more credibility given to someone who has a degree in mm-hmm. terms of an academic setting. You have to also be mindful of the positioning it puts you in. Someone who has a degree puts you in a greater position to be able to teach these concepts, right? Even if you could have done it without. And we're also talking about a time not too far before, but before things look like what they look like in mm-hmm. terms of certifications and in terms of being self-taught and what that looks like, right? Yeah. Because this is before that um, really boomed the way it does now. Um, I also think that when you think about going to college, outside of what I learned in the classroom, which there was stuff, right? I think about how many things I learned about how to navigate the world that I don't think I would have learned outside of college in the way that I learned it in terms of learning how to interact with other people, learning how that's really where I got how to like, we think about being an entrepreneur. Well, I had really just go back to like what it was like when I was in charge of my whole schedule, Mm -hmm. even different from going to work where you're there from eight to five. When you're in college, you have to pick out your, your classes. You have to make sure they're lining up with all the credits you're supposed to take. So you don't end up in school the extra semester. You're having to say, Oh, I have a job now. I have to put my classes around my job or on my work schedule. Mm. And then you got to have time for homework. And then of course you got to have time to socialize and to do all the other extracurricular commitments that you've made. So I think even in that setting, it teaches you and gives you practice mm-hmm. for all of those things. A skill set that you don't have when coming from high school, largely when many of us are uh, being pushed into that you're in one school all day at the same time sometimes our parents are the ones who are uh, facilitating our success in a lot of that area and when you go away to college a lot of is a lot of it is on you and then you had like a very non-traditional um roadmap in terms Mm -hmm. of higher education and so i think what you got from that, like you said, you mentioned like all the other things outside of the actual degree that you got that you would not have had had you not gone through those things. So I think sometimes even feeling like it may not have yielded the results that you intended it to yield. And it may not have yielded the results that you feel like it was designed to yield. But oftentimes, I think when you put all those things together, it gave you it could potentially have given you more than you, you know. It did give me more debt. <laughs> yeah, it also gave you a wife. True. You had not gone to college. I mean, you may have had a whole nother wife. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's like a whole nother story. Like, who knows, right? But it, it may have brought us together in another way. Maybe, maybe not, right? So, th- like, like you said, like, I think that sometimes – it, it the thing gives us so many and then there i i sometimes i always say people one of the things that i learned the most in college was in my in, one of my internships my boss who really taught me in marketing who really taught me how to like honestly she taught me how to use excel in a way that i've never used it mm-hmm. she taught me she gave me my foundation in terms of 
being able to use Photoshop. I used to use InDesign all the time, which is wild because now you're like trying to get my back. No, but I used to have to use it because I work for a business journal and I work in marketing. Mm-hmm. And I used to have to like fix and like change over some of our um, our graphics when we had to go send it to the printer mm-hmm. and like for the new events. I had to pick out uh, all kinds of things and 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 this is. 2009 2008 2009 in design so, so cs3 or cs4 <laughs> so or something yeah i and i had to learn it right and it gave me these skill this skill set honestly she redid my resume and i still use that format people are like i've never seen this right and it's it's just this this thing that i got but had i not been in that school to do those things i never would have i, I wouldn't even have the opportunity to have that job yeah. because you had to have been in that school to get that job, right? So I I do have differing thoughts about higher education. I don't think that higher education in the traditional format is for everybody. I do believe that um, I believe in community college and people going to community college first and then transferring over into a four-year institution if they want. I believe that there are so many things you could do in terms of being knowledgeable and employable. I think so many classes should be eliminated. All mm-hmm. those kinds of things. But I also cannot pretend like my experience wasn't life-altering for me mm-hmm. for the better. Um, no, and yes, I'm not a lot saying, of I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not saying like I didn't enjoy my experience. I'm saying like could I have been okay without it i mean yeah yeah but it's a lot of stuff a lot of stuff a lot of things that we like and i don't even mean enjoy i just mean impactful positively because i didn't enjoy all of it but i also (laughs) had to acknowledge like why i was really doing it yeah like it wasn't necessarily in my mind i'm like okay i'm not necessarily here for me like yeah i'm going to these classes there was even a point in time where i'm like okay like like even in my like design classes, I'm like I already know how to do this stuff. Let me just knock it out real quick, and yeah. so I can just get out this class. I love the classes I was great at. But it's like, at what point do you feel like you are learning something from it? Like I'm taking this class just so I can go ahead and just get my grade and get out. I'm not learning anything. Yeah, sometimes that happens. I think, th- but I think sometimes <clears throat> you had taken other experiences where you did learn something that put you in a p- position that mm-hmm. you didn't need to in this place but you needed this place to wrap up your degree in a bow and i think a lot of us specifically first generation black college goers don't do it for themselves i did not go to college for me mm-hmm. i did it so that i could say i was the first person in my family to attend and graduate from college and still the only person with a master's degree in my immediate family like some of it, it, it was for me because clearly I have, my education has afforded me opportunities that I may not have gotten without it, but I've worked with people who didn't have the education level that I had. And so maybe, right? Yeah. But um, on top of those opportunities, it gave other people in my family. So I don't even think, even if I didn't do it for me, that was a bad thing because what it did was take my younger cousins to say like, oh, we do, we do this, we go to college mm-hmm. in a space where we didn't. Mm-hmm. But Danisha did, and she can't, and she she grew up in the same kind of circumstances I did. Yeah. So we we do go to college in our family. We do try. We do do this. We can do this. We 
you know, it's it's now on the table as mm-hmm. an option. So I, I also think like sometimes that's not necessarily a bad thing. True. Any other thoughts? I'm a little tired. I'm getting a little tired. I sleepy girl, girl. No. Yeah. I mean, I think, like it was a good chapter in general. Um, I think there was a lot to take from it. A lot, a lot of work that needs to be done after reading a chapter because mm-hmm. it's like this is not necessarily um, a one-time thing. Like it's a day-to-day thing that needs to be done like to eliminate the, the noise and stuff like that or like really talk better to yourself and stuff like that. And I honestly, I can't necessarily say that I do, but I need to start. And you can, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that things don't have to be easy. They just got to be possible. That's it. Everybody says, I know I'm just full of gems. I know everybody says stuff like, oh, my God, this is so hard. Okay. All I need to know is that it's possible. I'd say that to a coach in the morning because he'll be like, he'll be like, you can do this. And I'm like, I never said I couldn't. I just said it's hard. I'm saying it's hard. I'm voicing it. I'm acknowledging that this is difficult. He was like, but you can do it. I'm like, I saw all I need you to tell me that it's possible. It's possible. All right. Hard. I can deal with impossible. I can't deal with Mm -hmm. to have to determine like, is this just difficult and difficult can be dealt with. So if it's possible, that's all you need. All you honestly for success, all you need is for it to be possible. Thank you guys for listening to and or watching this episode of If It Isn't Love Podcast. If you're not already, please make sure that you're following us on Instagram at If It Isn't Love Podcast and at The Woodson Way. You can also follow us individually at JL Woodson and at Donisha Renee. Again, we thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. If you haven't already, please make sure that you leave a nice, beautiful five-star review on whatever platform you listen to our podcast. Our podcast will get boosted up in the podcast space if we get some good reviews. So if you learn something, if you like something about our podcast, please go ahead and make it be known. We would really appreciate it. Until next time. Bye.